0: I used to do lots of things. I used to do things and I'd say things in Jesus, I was evil. Say things and break things and Jesus, I was evil. And it was just,
1: baby. All right, we're recording. Um, <laughs> real quick, I just wanted to say so I saw Jordan Peterson live last or two Sundays ago. Oh wow. And I didn't know he was in town. Well, it was I think it was in Sherman Oaks I think. Uh-huh. Um but uh, uh so me and a couple friends went and uh, it, it was good it was a good talk and then he talked a lot about the book of Exodus and, mm-hmm. and he talked about uh, some and he answered questions. So it's like we're, we were so used to going to heavy metal concerts. We thought yeah after the show he's going to come back and do an encore. <laughs> and so we were just like um like oh like is he gonna come back out? Is he like oh fuck it? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a, a book of revelations like like oh I didn't think he was yeah. gonna do that one. That's funny. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, so um, as uh, our listeners probably know, uh, it, Ben is not here. He's he's out being busy living in New Jersey or whatever they mm-hmm. do in New Jersey, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got a guest here. Um, Jake, thanks for
0: coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, we've been uh, Twitter friends for a bit, and Mm -hmm. then uh, we we finally got to meet, and we got to chat about uh, a bunch of culture war stuff
0: and what's going on in academia. Uh, So I was was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what you do and what your sort of expertise is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so my name is Jake Mackey, and uh, I teach uh, at Occidental College, which is right up around the corner from here, and uh, I'm an associate professor there, which means I do have tenure, which is why I've started recently sort of. Speaking out in my own name and like tweeting yeah. and um, that kind of thing. Put my name on uh, the Free Black Thought website. I am a, a member of Free Black Thought. There's seven of us. Um, freeblackthought.com. Check that out. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I teach uh, classics at Occidental, and classics is, you know, it's the study of the ancient Mediterranean with a particular focus on the ancient Greeks and Romans. And mm. so you know, you study the language, the literature, the history, the art, the architecture, the archaeology. It's a multidisciplinary field, yeah. And that's what I teach in. And I teach the Romans, and uh, I've recently published a book on Roman religion, Very and good. I look at it from a um, cognitive perspective. Like I get into developmental psychology and uh, the, something called the cognitive science of religion, and I try to make sense of this ancient religious tradition in in these sort of psychological cognitive terms so yeah that's that's like my you know professional life um yeah
1: very cool man yeah um are you experiencing much pushback with these topics that you teach i mean because you know they are old and things that are old are largely <laughs> it's very easy to attribute them to a white supremacy very, right yeah yeah um, especially through through uh you know the uh, the woke lens um but yeah. i mean so is is it are are, are you experiencing much pushback with the specific uh, topics that you're teaching? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes.
0: So so you you mind talking a little bit about that. Like what are some of the the things that you've gotten in trouble at all? Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been pretty lucky. I have not personally been, you know, taken to task for the fact that I teach and study and write about the ancient Romans, you know? Right. Although, you know, obviously there are people who hate it. And so here's a cool story about that. Mm. Uh, the whole reason the department that I teach in exists at all is that there was a, a guy, my colleague, um, uh, Damien Stocking, who was teaching in the English department. And he, too, like me, as a classicist, his focus is in the is ancient Greeks. But they had him just as kind of a little side, like a little side bay or whatever <laughs> yeah. in the English department. He was just this fun little thing they had someone who could teach Greek literature teach the Greek language but at, at some point as sort of the woke sort of takeover of academia you know um, progressed they decided they did not want anyone teaching Greek literature mm-hmm. anymore in their English department because uh, you know in this sort of it's a really just sloppy silly way of thinking but in this way of thinking there's something, well, the word they used was teleological. There's something teleological about teaching the Greeks as if you're, you know, asserting that there's some kind of development, some kind of development of history that is all, it's, it's the development of Western, white Western civilization yeah. from all the way from the ancient Greeks up to the modern time. And mm-hmm. it's all this coherent thing that sort of bolsters the idea of white supremacy, all of which is nonsense because the Greeks, if you had told them they were white you had gone back and told homer he was white he would have not had any idea what you were talking about right but anyway anyway they decided we got to get rid of um this in our department and so uh my colleague said well all right screw you then i'm going to start my own department and uh he put you know put it to the vote and it's a faculty governed institution and the faculty like overwhelmingly said go for it hmm. which is a good sign right yeah. which uh, and so um yeah so they kicked him out and they said uh well you know they they predicted well you're gonna get out there and you're gonna like fail you know yeah and instead our department has become the biggest humanities department and uh like far and away bigger than well i don't want to be at two like whatever but uh, (laughs) but anyway the point is it worked and he i was the first person he hired and now we have a guy who does german and someone who does russian and uh you know, we're we're doing well. Like with five of us, we've got like over fifty majors, which is big for a small school like Oxy. And yeah, yeah, we're doing well. But the students respond to what we teach, and we try to teach it in a way that's not just like ant- stodgy ant- antiquarianism. You right. know. And uh, so, for instance, this semester I'm teaching ancient Roman philosophers like Marcus Aurelius yeah. and Seneca. But along with that, I'm teaching, you know, about the theory of microaggressions. You know, so, <laughs> so like. i'm it's not just like visiting a museum to take one of our courses it's we're we're tying this ancient stuff into our modern problems and questions and you know that kind of thing so yeah yeah. cool so anyway that's a (laughs) long-winded answer but basically we're doing fine you know what i mean there's people who would love who would like to get rid of us yeah um, for different reasons some for the sort of more woke reasons and some just cause they think we're like pointless and superfluous, but you know, <laughs> whatever we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah. The numbers speak for themselves, you know? Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember that from a couple of years ago, it was at Yale. Uh-huh. Um,
1: they were going to, they, they, uh, announced that they were, it was going to be the last year that they were going to teach one of their flagship courses. I think mm. it was introduction to Western art.
0: Hmm. Um, I it's this, yeah,
1: I think it was in 2020 if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was one of the most popular classes and a lot of famous art historians taught it and had been around for decades and it was very popular. Um, but they got rid of it for mm. woke reasons, and and you brought up how it, you know a lot of the pushback, the, the, the woke pushback against the stuff is very sloppy. It's not yeah. like, yes. hey, you know, we, we need to re- reevaluate. You know, this says, okay, I'm I'm willing to have a debate, but show me the oh, word. You yeah. yeah, put that. Yeah. But if but it, it, it all boiled down to you know um, your class uh, uh, treats Western art like it's you know the only uh, history of art, and it's like no, the term Western localizes it Like, it's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, (laughs) yeah, it it means there's also other traditions, it's not you know human art, exactly. And here it is, and we're going to ignore all the other stuff, right? We're specifically going to pick out a geographical slice of the pie and go for it, yeah, exactly. And, and, And it's weird because, like,
1: um, uh I can't remember which journalist came up with the term, but it, it was somebody who wrote for Reason Mag, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the term that, that he, he, he uses is, you know, he, he's fine with diversity by addition. Like, if you want to add more yeah. classes, like, yeah, okay, let's, let's teach, you know, the arts of Africa, the, art, the arts of, of South America, and Asia. Like, I'm all sure, fine. Absolutely. But he says, you know, but this is an example of our, um, diversity by subtraction. Right? It's, yeah. it's it's like, okay, you know, Western art is it's the foundation of of you know, so much of the culture that we experience and interact with today. Mm-hmm um we can't just dismiss it out of hand because a handful of people don't like the the race or the gender or you know the straight white men who who created the stuff um if you want to add more classes that's great but don't mm-hmm. take away you know the, mm-hmm. um uh teaching the foundations of our culture mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's it's crazy though that you know they that there's such an attack on on history of, of the arts mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the culture of, of the past
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean one of the things that they worry about they blow i think out of proportion something that's true mm. which is that it is true that if you were to go find like a well-educated <laughs> white supremacist i mean i've met a lot of actual white supremacists mm. and most of them were not well educated actually right, right they were like skinheads back from my punk rock days in yeah, Osmond, yeah. texas as a kid but uh you, if you meet a smart, well-educated white supremacist, yeah, they make these arguments about the superiority of Western culture and they tie themselves to the Greeks and the Romans and they do paint this picture that there's this great tradition that that makes all other traditions pale. Beside, and yeah, they use this, they, they appropriate this stuff yeah. for their own purposes, but we can't let them ruin it. Like we can't let them why should we uh why should we um accept their interpretation that it's all that just this monolithic white western you know fuck them that that's yeah. bullshit that's exactly. not no we what the, the correct response is to push back and say we're not going to let you do that you exactly yeah. and uh yeah so that's my take and yeah. i'm, I'm right. totally down with the the field of my field of classics actually people don't give it enough credit it's i mean for well over a century it's been doing that diversity by addition yeah. thing. They didn't call it that, but they realized that people realized back in the 19th century, hell, probably before, that you can't understand the Greeks and the Romans unless you understand their context. And that means the you know, the ancient Middle East, Near East, you know, ancient Egypt, yeah. and ancient North Africa. And so people have been gradually adding more and more of this re- to the repertoire of my field and uh, mm. is it perfect yet you know no it's still whatever biased towards certain things but sure. uh, you know yeah we're doing better yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't i just don't throw out don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. you know like whatever yeah
1: absolutely i mean it reminds us somebody on twitter posted um uh, about how the way we teach math mm. in schools these days is—is is, uh, uh, in their minds they thought it was it was focused entirely through a white lens, mm. and it's like, do you not mm-hmm. understand like you know uh, the Aztecs' the contributions to math and Egyptians and ancient Chinese and Indians? Like it's like math isn't just like it's like sure and, and like, so like you maybe we celebrate you know uh, white mathematicians more than others, mm-hmm. you know or, 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 fine. But at the same time, it's like any mathematician worth their, worth their salt will be like, oh yeah, and you know, the, the Aztecs came up with this and then mm-hmm. the Indians came up with that and Chinese. Mm-hmm. And, so it's like, you know, it, it, it seems like it's, it's
0: pretty well accepted that math isn't just a white thing. Oh, it's God. kind of a global thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, even word terms like algebra. You yep. know I mean, this is, um, you know, this is an Arabic right. <laughs> term. And I mean, you know, these days with our sort of stupid way of classifying people by race, Arabs are considered cauc- Caucasian, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that part? Which is, I mean, the whole thing is just absurd. But yeah, even like, you know, ancient Greeks like Euclid, you know, yeah. Pythagoras, again, they would not have thought of themselves as white. They were not yeah. thinking of themselves as white people engaged in white things, right. creating white culture. That's just not their way of dividing up the social world. Right. And uh, it's, it's, I think it does violence to them to pr- impose that back on them yes it's actually what the white supremacists do Mm. who say plato was white and he's a founder of white civilization that's not true to plato's sense of himself and it's an appropriate it's a misappropriation of him for some this ideological cause and we don't want to like in our efforts to be sort of sensitive and politically correct we don't want to make that same mistake the white supremacists make right right, and say that, that it's that it's somehow White that it's racialized that math is racialized. That's yeah, white. I mean it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why do you think it's important that we preserve so many of these traditions, specifically the, you know the, the ones that you teach? Um, you know, like right now I'm reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius oh, and I'm yeah. floored. Like I, I, every night, like it, it, almost every night, I, I try to like spend like half an hour just kind of journaling and just kind of writing about what's on my mind and things. And but I'll start off by reading like two or three pages of, of Meditations and it blows my mind. Just like so mm-hmm. how much like Wisdom there is in that, but, but in in your mind, like
0: why is it so important for us to preserve so many of these traditions and ideas? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be reading Marcus Aurelius on Friday, I think in my class. So yeah, he's, he's amazing. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons, right? I mean, one reason that's often these days, you can't really say this in the, in academia without being laughed at is like, uh, like, um, what's the word, you know, um, Naive and romantic, but I mean the fact is There's a lot of like ancient wisdom and beauty in these texts. They're just amazing Marcus Aurelius Anyone even without you know a classical education you just sit down with the text and read it and it's amazing It's mind-blowing right, you know Um, I've had I had a student who read it as read Marcus Aurelius's meditations as a teenager Mm -hmm. when I think her mother had died or something and she found incredible solace and comfort in, yeah. in that text and you know she did not have a phd in classics. i mean this is just an amazing text that speaks to people yeah sometimes at their most dark difficult times and other ancient texts the iliad the odyssey you know poetry um speaks to us for its you know aesthetic beauty it's uh, the the sort of amazing stories that it tells and yeah. uh, so that's one reason. It's just great stuff. And uh, right. again, you're not allowed to say that because it's like you're you're sort of being like a romantic, sort of foolish humanist and uh, naive. And but uh, I think it's true. Uh, another reason is uh, you know that I mean you alluded to this earlier that we you know we need to understand sort of how we got here. Right? Like who, you know who who are we and how did we get here? And there. It, you know, human beings don't get places without predecessors before them pushing them on and, you know, ma- making new innovations and new developments that we then inherit and make our own and innovate and develop on too, right? So this is, this is just part of what it is to be human, is to be situated in a tradition. You can't help it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not human if you're not situated in a tradition. And many of us, especially in a country like America that's incredibly diverse... Are situated in multiple traditions at once, right? And so, uh, this is one of them, right? Yes. And so, yeah. you know, and so it doesn't mean that, like, uh, whatever I don't know that everyone has to like rediscover their Greek and Roman sort of, you know, uh, identity or something like sure. that. But it it means that you know you're just not going to fully understand the world we live in. You're not even going to begin to approach understanding the world we live in unless you have some sense of um, this ancient heritage that lies at the root, it's right there at the foundation of our, you know, constitution and the, the, you know, uh, you know, basically everything. Math, you mentioned math. I mean, you can't learn math without learning the Pythagorean theorem and and Euclidean, you know, whatever, geometry and these things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just, you can't make sense of where you are until you know something about this stuff. And that's a worthwhile endeavor, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I think, for a progressive type of person. And I do consider myself that even though I talk, badly about about the woke right right <laughs> i think of myself as a true progressive and i think if you want to make progress you have to know where the hell you're coming from and where you are you know i mean you don't just make progress in a vacuum right, right?
1: <laughs> i think um i don't know if, if bill mark coined the term but i think he, he's used a lot on his shows a uh, phobia, and you know he's, uh-huh. he's a lifelong uh-huh. left-wing guy but he's mm-hmm. like you know why can't we celebrate, you know, uh, uh, those Absolutely. of us on the left, why can't we look back and go, like, hey, you know, things are much better for 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 minority groups now than they were in the sixties or in the fifties? Like, sure, yeah. we have there are still some problems we need to solve, but Absolutely. let's let's celebrate the progress that we've made. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that you know, we can apply that also that that sort of thinking to to the arts and to literature as well mm-hmm. of like, wow, like this is this is where, you know, some of my favorite writers from today, this is who inspired them. Exactly. And now they're inspiring me. Yeah. Um. You know, as I, I dabble a little bit in, in, in composing music, mm-hmm. and I listen. You know, I listen to a lot of classical music, mm-hmm. and every time I crack open a score by Bach or Mozart or Beethoven, I'm stunned mm-hmm. that this came from the mind of one. I look at at a fugue or a symphony or a piano sonata. I'm like, wow, this came from the mind of one guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's just like it's just a wealth of ideas right there. And but one guy is situated in a tradition, right? Yes. Like yeah. that Bach, you know, fugue would not have been possible. Mm-hmm. Without his predecessors, yes. right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he didn't remember when Obama said, "What was it like? You didn't build that." Yeah, remember that? Yeah, then yeah. He, which was a really clumsy attempt to point out that we, like, you know, were social creatures who depend upon one another and one another's contributions to do anything we do. You know, what I right. mean? Whether it's start a successful, you know, corner store, or write a fugue, right. like Bach, right? Like he didn't, he couldn't have done that without this centuries of development of a tradition right so exactly again that's why we give a shit about tradition yeah. in addition to the fact that it's often good stuff you know. yeah you yeah. know you know just on its own terms there's good stuff in that tradition right 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 so, yeah, yeah yeah and if you as a musician want to develop further and take your art to another to the next level you'd better be getting into that stuff right yeah. and paying attention to that and to megadeth yeah and, you know yes, yeah. Megadeth, but, oh yeah it's <laughs> I mean, all part of you know it's all part of the stew right yeah, you know, yeah. miles davis megadeth and Bach it's all there yeah. it's all yeah. wrapped up together and you better know you know miles Davis knew his uh Bach, right? Oh yeah, he yeah. didn't know Megadeth, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, as I, 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 I did... maybe he did. He died in like ninety. That's really? true. Yeah, yeah. He might have actually. Yeah. Known it. <laughs>
1: Anyways. I, I I took piano lessons a little bit in college, and and uh, I was studying with this one professor who who was he was mostly a jazz musician, but he loved Bach, and mm-hmm. so I, I asked him I'm like, well, what, you know, it seems like there's a lot of there are a lot of jazz musicians who have an appreciation for Bach, and then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you know, it's actually like Bach used a lot of chords he didn't use them in a jazzy way but he Hmm. used a lot of extended chords that have become really popular in jazz Hmm. so it's like oh like he like so it's probably really important for a jazz musician to look at Bach
0: there's Hmm. a lot of overlap there's a lot of you know useful ideas there interesting yeah Hmm. there's this guy uh you might already know about this guy but he's French I think I don't think he's Canadian I think Hmm. he's French French Jacques Lussier do you know him he had a trio Hmm. and uh gosh I don't know what this was maybe the even this Maybe it was even the sixties, but it's certainly like in the seventies, thereabouts, that these recordings. He would record Bach in jazz style. So he would syncopate the hell out of it. Oh, very cool. It's really cool. Cause you know, the incredible complexity of Bach comes through, but it's it swings. Yeah. Like he makes it swing. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a pianist. Yeah. Okay. Check it out. Yeah. Jacques yeah. Lucier. It's like L O U S S I E yeah. R. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, so you were telling me just before we walked in about how, um, it seems like you have a little bit of hope about, uh, the, 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 the current generation of, of college students. Like maybe they're they're starting to kind of, uh, realize that, um, this whole, you know,
0: let's be offended by everything. is kind of old hat. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, I know it's hip to be a doomsayer right now. And I mean, it it is true that there's been a lot of dark stuff happening with, you know, we're going to, we're using this word woke. Right. Yeah whatever. I mean, it's a thing, you know, right. it's a, and there's, so there's been a lot of sort of dark stuff happening with the sort of woke capture of institutions. There's been a, a lot of institutions gutted, you know, a lot of people yeah. fired unjustly. Um, a lot of lives damaged a, a lot of like great progressive organizations reduced to rubble. I think like the ACLU, that's the big, uh, <laughs> uh but anyway, um, I think there is still cause for hope in young people and uh, I see it at the at where I teach and I see you know I see a certain cross section of young people who are really I think tired of the kind of straitjacket of this ideology call it wokeness call it the successor ideology as Wesley Yang does call it whatever you want um, political correctness on steroids but it's it circumscribes the possibilities for thought yes. and for and for artistic creation. Right. Because you have it's it makes you, what's the word? It makes you self-monitor to such an incredible extent. And why do you do that? Because if you don't, you're gonna get canceled, yeah. you know. And yeah. and people who believe that there's no such thing as cancel culture, no, it's real. The school, you know, the counselors at my school deal with the fallout of cancellation all the time there's yeah. people who are get students who are getting fucked over by this cult this thing happening and so it's real yeah but you know i think i think i see students who are i think tired of it they see the detrimental side of it they they've been canceled a friend has been canceled they, they realize there's things they want to talk about and they can't because yeah. there's only one, one way you're allowed to talk about it. Right. And no, that doesn't mean that they're white supremacists. It yeah. just means they want to explore right. different perspectives. And uh, then the one that you're supposed to, you know, talk, um, uh, you know, repeat. Yes. Like a, like a mantra. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, that's what I see in a, that we have a persuasion club. So mm-hmm. Yasha Monk's organization, persuasion, yeah, yeah. with you know, it's persuasion.community, I think is the website. They publish all these articles and whatnot. It's a movement to bring back the sort of liberal tradition against the extremes of the right and the left. Yeah. The illiberal yeah. right and left. Um, there's so we have a persuasion student club mm-hmm. devoted to free discourse and and free, you know, conversation and uh they're great um they give me hope My the students in my classes they yeah. give me hope they were willing to tolerate me today <laughs> T- I had them read like the classic text on microaggressions right right by Daryl wing sue from 2007 hmm. and then we read Musa algarbi uh, he's he, great he's amazing yeah. he's amazing yeah um he's one of my like north stars you know what I mean like yeah. on any issue I look to see what he's got to say because he's always he's so like uh Oriented <laughs> correctly. Right. He knows how to thread the needle with, without going to any extremes or anything. Absolutely. And he just, he understands sort of the social phenomena that are happening in ways that are, that no one else does, I yeah. think, and that are incredibly productive if you want to get beyond the usual sort of left right bickering that you yeah. find on Twitter. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. He shows, he sort of shows in his work way all the takes are wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and the take that he gives you in its place is backed up by sort of all the available evidence. And it's actually, typically, I find it usually very hopeful for the future, actually. Like, you know, anyway, we could go off on a tangent about that, but yeah. So the students are, uh, they're willing, they're willing to talk about this stuff and they want to, and they didn't cancel. You know? Oh, good. <laughs> so <laughs> the second week though, right? Second week of classes. The, so. the <laughs> semester is young, but, they, but this, this class, they signed up for it. No way it's right. called beyond resentment. Mm. And so and I talked in the course blurb about how we have th- th- this resentment culture is just like everywhere now, right? It's on the left and the right yeah. like whether it's Trump being like, you know, you know whatever the the press and the feminists and the immigrants right. like and just this sort of like the sense of victimhood yeah. by these forces that are oppressing you and it's both sides, right? It's not just, you know, uh, everyone immediately thinks of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever, Nicole, Hannah Jones or something. When they think of this kind of discourse, yeah, but it's, it's obviously on the right too. And and, uh, so this whole course, it's, I framed it as we're going to see what what the alternatives and solutions are. And we're going to go back to some, ancient wisdom yeah yeah. (laughs) i was completely unabashed about it i was like that's what we're gonna do yeah and we're also gonna look at some 20th century authors in fact an african-american author named uh, albert murray okay uh, who's an amazing uh culture critic and sort of jazz historian jazz theorist i think would be actually a better word um we can get into him later yeah Uh, yeah that's a whole separate sort of thing i'm part of that's also tied into free black thought there's this omni-american movement we right, right talk about what the heck that means albert murray coined the term omni-american and it's a for for those of us in this budding movement it's a way to move beyond the resentment mm. that exists between sort of racialized groups where there's these groups that are oppressors and oppressed and we're all supposed to be locked in this zero-sum struggle against each other you know yeah the omni-american uh, vision is a vision of a unifying sort of American family where we don't deny or ignore past and and present injustices and inequities, but we uh, attempt to find a sort of coalition where we can move beyond that and beyond the constricting sort of sense of identity that's purely just racial or sexual or gendered where we see ourselves as Americans first and foremost with, uh, um, with all that that means, all the, Conduits, the tributaries that have gone into making this mighty river of American identity. Anyway, I went off on Omni-Americanism, but uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. great. And it's actually a good segue to so another I'm teaching topic. that in the class okay. <laughs> no, anyway, at the end. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah well, I was, there's a uh,
1: uh, uh, I, I, that's actually a good segue to another topic I want to talk yeah. to you about, which is um, you know some of some of the work that you've been doing with with free black thought and, and with Omni-American. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I brought this up with you a while back, but you know, th- there's this um, this this quote from Jimi Hendrix, mm, yeah. and as, so he died in 1970. So this is like in the late 60s. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about how he doesn't care, basically like espousing colorblindness. Uh-huh. And you know, he's saying, you know, I I don't see people in terms of black and white. I I see I see ideas. Like I, I mm. care about the new and 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 the obsolete. That's what I care about. Mm. And and you know, it's it seems like such a simple thing to adopt but it's, it's like, at the same time it's like when you look at the culture nowadays where it's like let's try to split everybody up in all these different groups mm-hmm. and you have to stay in your lane and mm-hmm. you have to create you know you, you know uh, you know for, for example in, in in literature i don't know if you know much about this but like in literature in in, in independent writing um, uh, circles it's it's kind of um uh not allowed for you to like you know write uh, if you're a white man to write an article to write a book a story about um you know a, a black gay uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So, well, you're, you're not one of those. So, well, yeah, but I'm being very sensitive about it. And I'm trying to like, you know, it's like, no, but you, you, that's not authentic to you.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, But, you know, it's, it's crazy that, that, you know, Jimi Hendrix, you know, a prominent black musician and one of my favorite, uh, one of my biggest influences, Um, you know, he's, it was at a time when it was probably a lot harder to be black in America, yeah, but for yeah. him to be like, no, nah, I don't care about race. I don't yeah. care about white and black. I care about ideas, man. Mm. It's like, it's like, it seems like kind of a quaint idea, but it's also like, damn, you were onto something,
0: yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, that I mean that he's I think he's you know sort of articulating something that's part of the Omni American ideal, which is that we we need to really de-emphasize racial difference. Race really doesn't tell you shit about a person, you know? right? Right. And uh, when race is invoked, it's either to you know it's typically to like oppress. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was created to you know it was came out of the you know context of. of slavery and was created as a kind of way of justifying this inequality yeah yeah so it's it is just a it's a anytime it's invoked it's going to be you know to empower someone at the expense of someone else probably and it it doesn't have tell you anything really about culture culture is not racialized yeah culture exists in traditions and Mm -hmm. that are that can have like an ethnic character if you want to call it that or whatever, sure. but it's actually the culture that makes it an ethnic, <laughs> you know, an ethnicity, but uh, yeah. So uh, anyways, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, that point about, uh, um, about in sort of creative writing, right. You're not yeah. allowed to get out of your lane now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the, reductio ad absurdum of that is that you would, you know, if you can only write what you know, mm-hmm. and if you have a very, Pinched idea about what it means to know something, you know, which this thing, which this uh, like concept does, right? Yeah, like yeah. that you have that what you can know is limited, is delimited by your racial and sexual and whatever identities. Um, then you, at, at the end of the day, all you can actually do is write memoir. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. you, because to write fiction at all, um, you have to get in, you have to imagine yourself inside the minds of uh, and the, the subjectivity of. It. Others, someone who's other than you, you know, right, exactly. And so, even if you know, if I picked to write about another white straight male, yeah, you know, which I am for whatever that's worth, you know, that is, in itself is like, you know, is that legitimate? You know, because it's not my that guy's experiences. I don't know what it is it. How can I imagine myself in that? So right, it's a yeah, crazy so idea. They just, don't
1: have like a limiting principle on it. So
0: did you did you thought have you, have you thought about where like th- like how where is it going to end exactly? Back? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, fiction writers should be able to imagine themselves in the sort of subjectivity or should be able to create subjects of any sort they want and imagine it however the hell they want. Exactly. And if it works as fiction, then then it's a success. Right. right. But it doesn't have to work as like authenticity politics or something like it doesn't have to give the authentic black experience or whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. It has to work. That's fiction. Yeah, and that's that's what its job is, you know. Yeah.
1: Do do you remember? I think is I think it was in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. There was a female author who wrote a book, and um, she uh, 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 it was a best selling novel, uh, but it was controversial because it dealt with Mexican immigrants. I know
0: exactly what you're talking about. Do you remember her name? I was actually sitting here; part of my brain was working on trying to remember what it was. Yeah, she got pilloried. Yeah, she got just pounced on and just ripped to shred people spread lies about her yeah Um, yeah so she was she was white right yeah didn't she like have like a some somewhere in her past she was like 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 one-eighth Guatemalan or something like that there was something back there but that wasn't her, her stake like the way she staked her claim to be able to write about the 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 difficulty of immigrating as a child from Mexico to America, that wasn't staked on her identity. It was just like, I'm going to write about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Oprah had her on, right? Like, yeah. Oprah loved her. Um, I know. think it,
1: actually what was worse, if I remember correctly, Oprah had her book as part of her book club or something uh-huh. like that. And I think after the controversy, I think she kind of silently, yeah. kind of like, uh, we don't like need to. Her to the curb. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's so, funny. It's like, I'm Mexican. It's like, I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know, but it also I don't care. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, it's just sort of like, Unless you know it's a diatribe against Mexicans, and even then, I was like, oh, "Well, I'm not going to buy that book." Then that's yeah, kind like of like the 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 extent of my my uh, response to that. It's yeah. like I don't care. Is it a good book? Are the characters interesting? You know, I care about the yeah. actual story, the actual writing, and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's 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 weird that, um, this idea that that uh, uh, a creator's identity, um, is a metric of of their talent yeah it's, yeah. it's insane it's, it's like hey this is a good song oh but it was it was composed by someone so I was
0: like, oh well then forget it yeah it's ridiculous even if the book let's just assume that her book did not aspire to like be great fiction for fiction's sake i mean that, that's a very like lofty kind of you know right that's right. like moby dick kind of thing but yeah, yeah like let's say all she really wanted to do was raise awareness about you know Plight of Mex, you know, like Mexican immigrants. Yeah, like it's an instrumental novel, it's right? Great. To yeah. like raise political awareness. Well, if you know, who cares if she was Me- Mexican or not? If she got into the homes of some like Midwestern people, who yeah. would not otherwise have known anything about the plight of Mexican immigrants, mm. and sent and like d- helped them develop their empathy, right? then it's a win. Yeah. Like, whether she's Mexican or fucking German, like who cares? Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. Like, again, like, you know, like why do we have to judge these things on this uh, this identity sort of um, authenticity basis? Yeah, just uh, self-defeating, right? Yeah, self-defeating. it is.
1: I mean, you know, the, the, I, I heard a similar argument for, um, this is from a few years ago, They um, Scarlett Johansson, she was <laughs> going to play a trans... Person,
0: mm. but it, mm-hmm.
1: it, it was a biopic Though it was, it, I think it was actually the first person to undergo a sex change operation really? from wow. the 70s or something like that. Huh. And I, I think they were a criminal, but it was—I mean, the, I, like uh, What do you mean, like? uh, I think they're like a mob boss or something. I think really, it was, yeah. It was—I wow. can't remember that's the full thing. But scholarship Johansson was going to play the character, both. Like, and, and again, this, this is kind of murky, but I think it was like a male who transitioned to female, or uh-huh. vice versa. But anyway, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to portray cuz either way like you're not you know especially in, in this culture you you're not going to get you're not going to get it fully right and unless the actor themselves is transitioning in yeah, the, right. in, in the middle of production. Right. it's not going be completely authentic so you're gonna have to yeah. you know, someone's so, going to be play actor. exactly yes <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and so it, it it you know uh it got a lot of controversy and then she said something that i thought was pretty reasonable she goes look i'm an actor if i want to play an alien or a tree or a person of a different gender like i'm acting like that's what my that's that's my whole damn
0: job exactly um but that didn't uh... her job is not to play herself that's what she does when she's off work exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. but uh,
1: the the movie ended up uh, she she backed away from the role Uh um and then and then because of the controversy ended just like canceling the project but people were like you know maybe it wasn't handled in the most sensitive way possible but at the same time it was based on a true story and you know, it could have raised awareness about, about, uh, transgenderism. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it so, so much of it is just like this—this this knee-jerk reaction to, oh, that's 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 touchy, that's that's offensive to me. I, to just get rid of it. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, hold on, think about the long-term mm-hmm. the potential benefits of this. Mm-hmm. This could lead to better things. This could mm-hmm. you know, open the doors um, for 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 other for other um, creators
0: to come mm-hmm. along and tell these stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and you yeah, I guess b- beneath it all, I get there is something I get, which is that, like, okay, a white woman told the story of Mexican immigrants, like. How, you know, look at the publishing, look at the world of publishing. it massively if you want to think in terms of representation, it yeah. massively underrepresents like Hispanic you know authors, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, I do get there's something that that there's a germ of a genuine concern there, yeah. like the publishing world, you know, um, you know, whatever. It has its legacy and it's, uh, you know, it hasn't sort of embraced like, Hispanic authors or maybe the movie industry hasn't embraced like transgender actors you know and so yes those spaces need to be opened up we can't uh, just like you know what was the movie it's Orson Welles um, where there's all these uh, Marlena Dietrich and and Charlton Heston play Mexicans Uh, oh yeah yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. and it's like come on guys Yeah, yeah you know but yeah obviously like why not if you had like a Latino play these parts i mean come on you know but uh, john wayne is genghis khan (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um who was anthony Quinn as like an arab uh in a lawrence of arabia right right yeah i mean these are silly like come on we can do better than that yeah yeah yeah. and so we continue to be able to improve and you know there's a but like if yeah if your way of making these improvements that yeah there should be more hispanic authors represented by big publishing houses whatever if that is your argument good but don't just don't press your argument by trying to fucking destroy all the stuff and and cut everything off and yes. stop projects you know what i mean right that's right. just it's just arson it's yeah. arson and you're not gonna i think you ultimately are gonna betray your own ca- cause or hurt your own cause because people don't like that shit, yeah, you know yeah. i don't think like Mexicans like that shit. You know what I mean? Like I bet if you polled Mexicans and Mexican Americans, they'd be like, leave the woman alone. Let her write her damn book. I mean, you just said yourself, your your attitude is what the hell. Right. Live and let live, you know, whatever.
1: Um, You remember that controversy from, from a while back of, uh, this high school girl, she was white and she wore a, a Chinese influenced dress yeah, yeah. to prom. And like, but, but you know, the only people who were offended were 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 white SJW types. But when they, <laughs> but somebody took a camera and mic to to like Chinatown and like, oh, so what do you think of this girl's dress? And they're like, oh, it's very pretty. Oh, she looks very nice. And it's like, yeah, they don't give a shit. Yeah, and she and it was a nice dress. It wasn't like she was doing like she was doing yellow face or something It was just yeah. like <laughs> but it was, yeah but um yeah that's, it's, that's, it's 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 yeah. funny that this this instinct to to one like speak up on behalf
0: of of, of other you know, supposed you know uh, oppressed groups yeah yeah that's a yeah i mean that's one of the most glaring things about all this stuff right it's the way that this whole this whole sort of social justice sort of culture is it really is. It's basically like a white project in many ways. Right, you know, right. what I mean, the people who are the most energized, who have the most sort of social justicey opinions, yeah. who are the most prone to sort of cancel and whatever. Yeah. you know, it, I'm. It's just, it's, I'm sorry to say, but yeah, it's, it tends to be like well-educated white people. You know, the ones who complain <laughs> the most about white
1: savior, the white savior trope, are, are the ones who are living it out in real life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, it's, uh, it's really, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Well, like you, um, you know, uh, I, I definitely recognize the, the dangers of of, of a lot of the stuff, so in, in particular the arts. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, screenwriter and and, yeah. and and musician and things. Um, but but at the same time,
0: one, you know, pessimism will not get you anywhere. No. So and just, and saying we're all doomed. Yeah. I mean, that's just not again. That's also like the arsonism or whatever. Right. The left is like. That's just not a way forward, just yeah. to be constantly like, we're fucked. And yeah. Right, right. Well, you know,
1: I I, I, I love that the, the sort of mavericks um and 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 rebels of, of the past. Um, so you know, for example, you know, the comedian Lenny Bruce, he was arrested mm-hmm. four times in the early 60s for obscenity. Mm-hmm. So it's just for bad words. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like if that guy can be like, no, fuck it, I'm gonna say I'm gonna make jokes about horrors and, and cocaine and, and stuff, and like I don't care if you guys get offended by that. Um, so like, yeah, if he can handle that, like we can handle what's going on today. Yeah. Um, and he was getting arrested. Point, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but you no, know, not, was, not just
0: canceled, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know, it's it's. Um, I think for a lot of artists, you know, there's this great quote from from Albert Camus. Um, he he wrote he gave a terrific speech um, in 1957 called "Create Dangerously: that The Power mm. and Responsibility of the Artist." It's, mm. it's a wonderful speech. But there's this great quote from there. Um, it, it's, some, it's something like. But perhaps there is no peace for an artist other than the peace found in the heat of combat. Hmm. I just love the idea of, like, you know, whenever I see artists, prominent creative people, like, bound the mob, mm-hmm. I was like, no, like, come on, like, embrace yeah. that rebellious side. Like, like yeah, exactly. don't you know, like, the. So, so, so many comedians and authors and musicians suffered for you to be able to offend people. Like yeah. they, 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 they had to put up with so much worse yeah. shit yeah. in the fifties and the eighties and you get Tipper Gore and the parents music resource center yeah. going after. And it's like they, and, and you're, you're going to be like, okay, a handful of people
0: are mad at me on Twitter. I'm going to apologize. Yeah.
1: No, what the fuck is your problem? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: You gotta just, you gotta just have the courage of your convictions. Yes. Yeah. No, that's why people like, uh, J.K. Rowling or inspiration? Yeah, she's just like no fuck you. I'm not a transphobe. Yeah, nothing I'm saying is you know, is uh, is dangerous to trans people. I'm gonna stick by it and do your worst. Yeah, yeah. And I would say she's one, you know, in a sense. You know, she's obviously still people are still attacking her every day, but she basically faced down the mob. You know, and she's having fun. It looks like she's she's not afraid
1: to be a little snarky about it too. So it's like good.
0: Like show the mob that you don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you know I. People yeah. respond to that kind of spirit. Yeah. yeah.
1: No. Well, you know, uh, uh, the the arts are, are built on a legacy of, of people who are, who are willing to break rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like you go even further back in time. It's like there were people who were, like, you know, exiled and, 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 and jailed for, for got, got you know, like just extreme sentences um, for, you know, painting the wrong thing mm-hmm. or for, for doing something with musical notes that they shouldn't have.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, like the Tritone. Yeah. yeah the exactly. Devil's court or yeah yeah. Uh,
1: yeah um but uh, you know so uh for me in, in, in a weird uh way like i actually get a kick out of a lot of the stuff it's like cool man this is a great time for like art is fun, art is dangerous again like this mm-hmm. is a great time like it's virgin territory for some necessary hellraisers as far as i'm concerned um mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but uh and and and, I, and also like because that there's there are so many uh, creative people in the field
0: who are so willing to bow down it's like
1: cool it's easier to stand out now
0: too yeah yeah that's right, because you guys are all, you've all got your heads down. I'm just going to poke mine up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, uh, I don't know if you ever uh, listened to Henry Rollins' show yeah, yeah. on uh, whatever it is. its Is it KP? No, come on. KCRW? Mm. Isn't that what it is? I think so, yeah. One of, and, well, yeah. I can't remember what it's. Santa Monica Public Radio, yeah. right? Yeah. In a different context, he said it about, it had to do with, like, it was right after Trump's election, but he was like, he was like, come on. Like, he was like, don't fucking lose your spirit and your backbone now this he's like this is punk rock time this is no. he's like joe strummer taught you how to deal with these times it was of course the election of trump but i think it applies just as much to the sort of censoriousness of the far left right like right. we need to those of you who are artists and those of us who are just appreciators need to embrace that punk rock fuck you attitude right, <laughs> and right. just like, and just say, you know, we are not going to put up with your bullshit. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, you know, spit in their spit in their face when they come for you, you know, yeah, not yeah. literally. Yeah. yeah of course, course. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. yeah. It's, 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 it's a good opportunity. It's for conformity. Man. Yeah, exactly like as a kid punk rock kid yeah art my whole thing was against conformity yeah i hated the conformists you know right right um i was being a conformist in my own way of course by with my mohawk and leather jacket but whatever yeah it's the spirit you know oh, yeah. Like, yeah so you know yeah that's what you got to do embrace that spirit there's a um
1: another uh, writer um slash uh uh college professor who who uh, I've interacted with on, on Twitter. I, I probably won't, won't, won't name his name. Uh, just because we, we all these conversations happened. Off, off, I know, right? um, but yeah, he was telling me that Betraying
0: confidences. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he was telling me that, you know, in his writing class, in his creative writing class, that a lot of his students that even though they did not subscribe to woke ideology, mm-hmm. they were still sort of like, you know, I want to tell the story, but I'm afraid because you know, it's a, the character, the main characters of a different race than me. So I'm just not gonna do it. And so he was worried um that you know it's 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 you know, it's one thing to have to to, to create to, to create something that's daring and bold and then have people tell you that it's bad but to have mm-hmm. this other thing it's like this mentality it's like we're not even getting there now it's like there are a lot of young mm-hmm. people a lot, a lot of young creators who are sort of like, i'm not even gonna touch that subject i'm just gonna yeah. play it safe
0: yeah. um i it's mean self-censorship it's, yeah. it's worse than when you've created and then someone says you can't do that exactly it? but yeah. it's, it's that that is i mean that really is it's it's the self-imposed limitations that are the worst right right, right. That, that is much worse than being you know arrested by yeah. a cop it's when you are the arresting officer of yourself right <laughs> right you know anyway yeah go
1: ahead yeah no it It. um uh i i hope that that's the exception i mean it, this is this is from like four years ago mm-hmm. so so you know but uh um but yeah, I mean that's that I think is, is the scariest thing. Where it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Roger Ebert was, was talking about what makes a good horror movie, mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, a good horror movie doesn't need a monster. Like we don't need to see mm-hmm. the threat. All we like the the, the actual um, uh, antagonistic force. We just need the threat of it. We just need uh-huh. to, like, something's going to happen if you do this. If you go into that house, something bad will happen to you. It's like we don't. You don't need to show the ghost. Yeah. But that 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 alone is scary. Yeah. Um. And so it kind of reminds me of this. It's this, um. You know. Quentin Tarantino went on uh, Joe Rogan um, recently. Uh, I think it was like last year, I think, and he was talking about how, and you know, if you've seen Reservoir Dogs, oh, the, the, the infamous scene where the guy cuts his ear off, he says, "My yeah. fire." Um, uh, he was getting a lot of pressure to cut that scene out of the movie. Huh. Um, and, it's a brutal scene. man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's hard so to uncomfortable. On. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 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 he's talking about how he stood by his guns and 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 he stuck to his guns and and, and he and he's like, no, like. I'm I don't care if nobody gets to see it. i don't care if it doesn't get distributed by, by a big company like i'm just that, that's how i'm gonna do it and he was talking about how um he goes, you know people can talk about they oh they won't let you do that and he goes mm-hmm. well, who the fuck is they like who, who's this they and you know he's tarantino he, he's got a lot more freedom he's hard mm-hmm. much harder to cancel yeah um i'm more worried about sort of you know smaller uh artists and, and creators who, who are not who don't have that reputation and oh, yeah. million dollars millions of dollars to fall back on i mean
0: people's lives get ruined by- with this stuff exactly you know, like, yeah tarantino's on. Um, you can't ruin him he's a multimillionaire.
1: exactly but, yeah. Uh,
0: but, but, yeah but
1: i i like the idea of, of of kind of whittling it down to it's a they it's like yeah like you know it's a it's a faceless mob like it's <laughs> you know um and and so you know he, he brings up a good point though which is sort of like well what's the alternative like you 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 play it safe and, mm-hmm. and you don't and 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 you 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 uh uh you know, uh, uh, castrate your your work because mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though that's the thing that's probably going to get the most attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, even though he's got a, a bit of a blind spot in terms of, of, of referring to to the mob as just they, but it's mm-hmm. like at, the same, at the same time, at the same time, like he brings up a good point about mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it's either deal with the mob, mm-hmm. deal with they, mm-hmm. um, or you make shitty bland art. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Well, the day is like diffused through all these like institutions it's, yeah it, there is a weird sense in which there's this like a depersonalization yeah. of this cultural force that we're reckoning with right like there's not like a ministry of truth who's you know has officers and they're the ones destroying people or something you know right it's this really weird thing that uh just has its own life, you know, and, and different people, different individuals, you know, contribute to it in their own way by whatever taking you out on Twitter or reporting you to so and so, you know, yeah, what I mean? that, yeah. but uh, there is actually a weird depersonalized kind of thing happening with this. I think, you know, Yeah. I also think a lot, one thing I notice at, my, at Oxy is that a lot of the the people who serve as instruments of, you know, what we're calling wokeness. Don't believe in it themselves yeah I, I guess kind of like you were saying this professor where the students would self-censor yeah but by doing that they perpetuate the sort of you know the problem right, right, right. but but I see the same thing with people at uh, oxy there's people who don't buy any of this shit but they're in an administrative position yeah and their choice is either to stand up against it and possibly lose their job at least make life better really fucking difficult yeah yeah or like just go with the flow and the flow seems to be going in this one way yeah and so what you end up with is a bunch of people who don't believe in any of this stuff yeah um enacting it you know what i mean and that's really weird i hadn't really grappled with that till i saw it in action right yeah not a single person in the whole chain of like events agrees with the ideology but they all felt the uh the necessity to sort of comply with it because yes. the costs of doing otherwise, they at least thought those costs were too great, you know? right? right So, what ends up happening at the end of the day is somebody does get canceled, someone's course gets taken off the books, you know what I mean? Someone, yeah, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever the outcome is, um, no one in the process in the chain of the whole thing actually wanted to do it, yeah. but it happened, yeah, and that that's in a weird way, that's what wokeness is, I think, right? Really, like. Yes, there are shrill, angry voices, whatever, but they're not really the actors, you know what I mean? It's, right, right. There's a bunch of people who have to make real decisions, and most of them don't really feel that good about what they're doing, I yeah, think, I, I think. you know? I don't know.
1: That, yeah. That's an interesting point, and, uh, you know, it's, it's also a scary one, though, too, because, you know, history is never kind to those who are uh, just following orders. No, <laughs> yeah, there's a following orders. There's like a banality
0: of evil thing happening, I think. Yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I, I should have tagged you on this, but it, it, maybe you saw it, but there's a small liberal arts college. Um, uh, this, this professor was teaching a class uh, again on, on art history and oh,
0: Hamline university. Yes. Yeah. Did yeah. you hear about this? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a the depiction read, of Muhammad. Oh yeah. Now see that. I would bet you anything that, so the, there was the one like ignition point, which mm-hmm. was that student yeah. who would not like let it go. Like it yeah. was, determined to be upset despite 15 trigger warnings and blah blah blah. yeah i I believe she she told the class beforehand these are the 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 paintings that the 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 images that we're going to be looking at throughout the course yeah (laughs) and
1: they waited until you know the third week or whatever to
0: complain like (laughs) yeah yeah but so so there is that flashpoint of somebody who's like an agent of sort of wokeness (laughs) right (laughs) Right. who makes this unreasonable complaint or at least it's a complaint whatever make your stupid complaint but then we're going to tell you why no we're not gonna do anything about this and deal with it because yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the appropriate response but so they're okay there's that person who's the sort of agent but then when the professor gets fired i would bet you anything in their heart of hearts almost no one in the chain of events truly wanted to ditch that person they right. were all scared shitless right. and everyone was thinking it's me next and I've actually heard administrators, if I don't do this, it's me. Right, right. I've heard administrators at Occidental say, and I'll quote, I won't say who, but yeah. it's someone way up there say, I am afraid that if I say the wrong word, it'll be the end of a 30 year career. Yeah. Now, what do you think a person who's that scared? Yeah. A 30 year career, there's a person making God knows what, 250 grand, right? Like, yeah. This is like, an elite yeah <laughs> this person's scared right. what decision are they going to make when that when it comes down to it right uh, if they're scared to say the wrong word right they are going to fire your ass if they get the chance you know right. if they have to because yeah. you know so i bet that's what happened at hamline i bet even that school president mm. didn't want to fire yeah you know? but the school president was scared shitless yes. of a student yeah down there Making a fuss over nothing, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's the that's the dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's uh, no one has to believe in it to right. re- to make it happen, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is, and and I, I don't remember
1: the exact numbers, but I I, I think that. Um, there were like 72 staff members uh, who, who, who were in favor of, of, of who, who are on the, prof- the, the fired professor's side. I think they all yeah. signed like a thing and said, hey, no, yeah. we're, we're in support of her. Like you got to bring her back. And meanwhile, students started to petition saying, you know, no, no, you should, you should fire her. I think only 13 signed it. So wow, like, I didn't hear about that. That's it, great. It, it, That's it, it, I mean, this is from a few days ago. I don't know if it's, if it's, it's gone up, but it was sort of like, yeah, no, go back to the kids' table. Like this is yeah. not
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great that the students were uh, that reticent to sign this thing yeah know, it shows again It like gives more to me it's another data point that these young people right now they are not the young people of 2015 right which was the you know the year of the christakis thing at yale yeah that's right the year that this woman the dean uh her name was spellman i can't remember her first name at whatever pomona was shit canned because she had said like one wrong word in an email to a Latina student mm you know there's all these events the the, yeah. the big like conflagration year i think was like 15 you know and then it sort of kept building but the fact that these students are just like why, why? there's yeah. like 13 of them <laughs> professor. Yeah. But, but and yeah and also the faculty like 86% of the faculty voted to actually ditch the president of Yes that's right yeah. and because the, they were like this is fucking unacceptable and it is yeah. unacceptable and you know what uh, the fact is the president the the college or the university is the faculty and the president really is the help. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. she's or he, whoever the hell it is, is there to facilitate the, you know, the, the job right. <laughs> of, right. the, of the faculty. That's what I think. Yeah. That's what, who does the teaching. It's who does the research. We are yeah. the college right. and the president. Right you know, helps us. <laughs> and so, yeah, they rightly said, fuck you, you know, you're fired. And, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. But
1: uh, yeah, I know that that's a wild story, man. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, I saw you tweeting a lot about the Stanford
0: thing, the, the, words, the, <laughs> that
1: was ridiculous. Ben, was... ben and I did an episode on, on that. Right? The Stanford like um,
0: acceptable or problematic words. Yeah. And it's stuff like brown bag lunch and American, like, American. yeah, American. American. <laughs> like <laughs> oh and, and, then, and then using the term black
1: because when i was growing up i think black was starting to be phased out like, oh no you huh. have to say african-american oh interesting and yeah. then now that's gone back so it's like uh, yeah
0: black is big now right no yeah. like yeah yeah that we keep going back and forth on that particular <laughs> one right like, that's the funniest thing about, about about the
1: uh uh you know the 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 rape of our language. It's just—it's <laughs> like the, it's the idea that you have—you have to stay on top of every single, and, it, and not just new terms, but you have to stay on top of like, because you know, up until like six years ago, diversity just meant a variety, a, a uh-huh. But now it's like it's so charged now, and and like, and you know, like the, the, the expectation that you have to be on top of, uh-huh. of what's the newest definition and what's the newest—you you can't use that term in that in this in these types of contexts now. It's like that piss, especially as a writer, mm-hmm. for me, where it's mm-hmm. sort of like. I don't suffer the ghosts of dead definitions well. Like mm-hmm. it's like I like I, I want to be able to play with language and experiment mm-hmm. with it. Um and, and now and, and and there are just some words I I just I can't use anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, just like, it's so charged now. Like mm-hmm. if I want to say inclusive,
0: but not in the in the blue, it's uh-huh. just it's
1: like, yeah, like it's it's got a political term now. It, yeah, a political, right.
0: uh, um it references like a whole sort of uh ideology, yeah. regime, like institutional regime of you know. Right. Of doing things a certain way and DEI, thinking about things in a certain way. And yeah. 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 It's been. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: um, something else I want to talk about. So free black thought yeah. um, is, which by the way, is
0: a terrific, uh, uh, account to follow on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, the Twitter account is, you know, at free bulk, like there's no a ah in mm-hmm. black <laughs> cause that was taken right. free. BLCK mm. thought. Yeah. And that's run by mainly by one of my colleagues, uh, Eric Smith, who's mm. a professor, associate professor of rhetoric at York College, Pennsylvania. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I yeah. No, it Just was. wanted to give that little shout out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. No, it, 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 it's great. And one of the reasons why I like it so much is because um, it doesn't seem very
0: partisan to me. Mm, I'm uh, glad to hear that. Uh, you know, this, this, this is. Because we don't want to be. But people think we're like Trumpies or something. It's really weird. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're not totally on the left, you're a Trumpie, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, And,
1: and so I, I like how, you know, you guys aren't afraid to take, you know, a contrary position against the left and the right. Just sort of uh-huh. like, you know, if, if, if um, and, and also it's just the idea that, you know, it's not all black people think the same. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's, that was the central idea in founding it. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's that easy. It's yeah. that simple, right? Yeah. It's just like uh guys <laughs> right, and we right. founded it in the su- like the summer basically of 2020 actually it was later it was officially december but w- we were talking about it for right. a while and putting shit together for it but uh, that was the basic message was yeah. not all black people think the same because the the media in that summer man they yeah. wanted you to think there was one black perspective one black political position on everything right right and it was such transparent bullshit and uh well the reason i gave a shit as a white guy is that my wife is black and my children therefore are going to be you know whatever racialized either as mixed or black or whatever maybe i'm i'm kind of hoping they'll go my way and say they're raceless i i I think race is just such bullshit especially for them they're just these ambiguous, beautiful humans, you yeah. know, like right. and they have a tradition they can acknowledge, both on the African American and the whatever, the sort of Euro descended side, sure. or whatever. Yeah, anyway. I knew that people were gonna be trying to pound into their head that there was only one way they could be themselves, yeah. and only one appropriate thing for them to think, quote, as black people, yeah. unquote. And I was so scared of like the sort of just Bullshit indoctrination. I knew they would be getting that. Yeah, that was why I became part of this project. Yeah, I was out of fear for what my kids would be sort of, you know, sort of just stampeded into, you know, accepting. And I wanted them to understand that if even if they just choose to identify as black, period, that they come from a richly diverse tradition of thought that is cannot be corralled into one political program that happens to be support the blm and the democrats you know what i mean it's like so much bigger and richer and more uh, uh, diverse (laughs) than that you know so um, that's why i got involved yeah yeah and and it's great and and you guys do a great job
1: of of highlighting um you know interesting i guess sort of thought
0: leaders and thinkers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that's the that's like the mission yeah like highlight promote have them write in our journal yeah, uh, yeah you know whatever
1: yeah um and and you guys um have often um you know uh highlighted musicians too who yeah. we talking about this stuff yeah. um, in 1992 I think Charlie Rose was uh he he had a discussion with um Winston Marsalis um Stanley Crouch and one other musician. Mm. Um, it, it, it was an interesting talk, uh, but but uh, uh, Charlie Rose asked uh, Stanley Crouch, who I, who I think is a, I what, was a, a jazz uh, critic. He was, yeah, like um, yeah. Also a critic, jazz yeah, critic, yeah, yeah. And and so he asked him, you know, is is jazz essentially black music? And then he goes, no, it's it's essentially human music, mm. and like that was just like, like like that. like. It, it, like he didn't have to think about it at all. Yeah. He goes, yeah, but you know, most of the musicians are black. And he goes, yeah, because we created it. We've been doing it for long. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, like, it's for anybody. It's for anybody who wants to have like, um, you know, for for, for for anyone who who has like a rich understanding of the human experience and, and is capable of expressing themselves through music. Like that's what jazz is for. That's what it's about. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, it doesn't belong to a race. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that reminds me of something, Chuck D said something similar. Mm. No. Way back in like what year did uh, the Beastie Boys first album come out? Was that like 1984? I think so. Uh, I was a you know teenager at the time, snapped that thing up, that was amazing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, someone asked Chuck D something like, uh, Does it bother you that like a bunch of like white Jewish kids or whatever yeah, they said yeah. from Brooklyn or whatever are like doing you know rap, hip hop like yeah. this? And he was like, No, man, it's just a Human thing it's just humans being here. Hum- he said something along these lines. It's yeah. like human beings being human beings like they can this art form is there and it's for them to use too. like, you know, yeah. they don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be melanated to right. do it, you know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, it's it's, it's interesting,
1: you know, whenever I see, um, especially, you know, c- c- celebrities talking about how racist they think the entertainment industry hmm. is. Hmm. And, you know, Maybe there are still some vestiges of, of, of bigotry you know, hidden in certain sure. po- pockets. And 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 to be fair, like you know, name names. Like let's you know, of, of course, you know, if, if there are people who who are, who are holding um, you know uh, people of color back, because mm-hmm. you know, it's like yeah, the, 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 they should be held accountable.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but at the same time, it it, it is odd when you when you look at you know American pop music. It's like you know, I, I love classic rock. And it's like yeah, but look in the fifties, like yeah, Chuck Berry mm-hmm. and, and and Little Richard. And even before, like, all these blues guys, it's, like, and I'm not saying that that racism never existed in the music industry or, or, that, or that it doesn't today. But at the same time, it's, like, why can't we celebrate how... Uh, uh, you know the, these massive contributions from black artists like let's isn't that a wonderful beautiful thing mm-hmm. um but you know there, there are of course a handful of that researchers like no oh, we have to constantly talk about the racism in the, in uh, the industry and sort of like, oh come on man like, uh, i mean you, you know i'm pretty sure uh you know beyonce is probably one of the highest
0: paid people on the planet um I, you know and i'm sure she's experienced microaggressions and sure, like people yeah. have been shitty to her yeah. because she was black or yeah. like because that they had some kind of negative attitudes or whatever yeah. but yeah like um what is the path you know what is the appropriate path forward out right. of this uh, towards the world we all want to live in yeah. uh, is it just denouncing everything as racist or is it Figuring out how we made the progress we made, speaking of progressive phobia. Right, right. Is it more about figuring out how did we make the progress we did make? Yeah. And how can we redouble that or how can we capitalize on that? And, uh, you know, that's, that seems to me the more constructive kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just sort of denouncing and, you know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, griping and, and, you know, and, you know, I,
1: I think for, for, for the problems, um, of inequalities that that still exists today it's like you know i think we're at a point out where it's like okay we should probably use, be using a scalpel to mm-hmm. address these problems we don't need a sledgehammer to mm-hmm. just like well, we'd have to tear the whole system down right, right. yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> um, and that is increasingly like the answer which is really weird right yeah. like the fir- the more we've reached some kind of ideal which like someone like mlk would recognize yeah you know in terms of just the reduction of sort of whatever big like overt bigotry and like up op- like Obvious segregation and yeah, actual like, laws discriminating. Yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff. Yeah, the more that shit we get rid of, um, the, the finer the more, tool we should be using. The finer the tool, but strangely enough, the more the activists call for total destruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very, uh, it's very uh, disconcerting. Right, right. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah. But uh, um, I went to Marcellus when I'm Bill Maher recently. Uh, a few months ago, and he was—he actually made, made made this beautiful metaphor about uh, oh, yeah. jazz and and like you know, kind of getting along with with both people mm-hmm. who are different from you. Mm-hmm. Um And he goes, you know, with jazz, like you know, you, you got the rhythm section playing, and you're playing, you're you're playing a melody, but then you know, sometimes you get stuck playing with musicians who are not going to be playing the thing that you want mm-hmm. that that you would play. But at the same time, you can't stop the performance and be like, hey, no, no, don't play like that. Play like this. Because mm-hmm. you got to keep going. Because mm-hmm. a big part of jazz, um, you know, especially in the improvisational side, is making space for other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, like, I'm going to do my thing, and then you can do your thing. And maybe maybe we're all different. But, you know, at the same time, maybe there will be some parts where our our, our melodies will overlap. We'll actually achieve some kind of harmony. Yeah.
0: And I thought that
1: was, you know, like, the, 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 the idea. You know obviously just being a musician, but, like, you know, kind of, you know, um a prominent black musician being like yeah look we're all different but you know we all gotta like we gotta move
0: forward we can't just like keep pointing the finger at each other and say no you're doing it wrong yeah 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 and you know what uh, It just so happens that Wynton Marsalis is a big omni-american oh very cool he was actually a sort of if you want to put it that way student of Albert Murray the mm. guy I mentioned at the very beginning yeah um and uh, so was Crouch. Mm. Stanley Crouch was actually a kind of protege, if, if you will, or a student. It's kind of following Albert Murray's footsteps. But yeah, Winton mm. was absolutely so. That attitude he's expressing that yeah. you that you mentioned is the Omni American attitude, right? It's, right. It's uh, this attitude of moving beyond these resentments yeah. and beyond this. Uh, what's the word? You know, this sort of. Finding of blame attempting to assign blame and then like, you know Extract some kind of revenge or something and it's this forward-moving big tent kind of embracing coalitional kind of feeling where we make the progress by coming together rather than by tearing ourselves apart right, and, right. into these Balkanized identity groups and that's that's when yeah. yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's the
1: omni-american vision. Yeah, that's awesome, man Yeah Well, we should probably start wrapping this up, but
0: um, Mm. thanks a lot, man. This is a lot of fun. My my pleasure. Um, So
1: why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Omni American, I am at Omni underscore American. Mm. That's it. Awesome. That's my handle. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, uh, I'd love to have you back on. Um yeah. so so maybe at the end of the semester, uh maybe sure, we, yeah. we, 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 we yeah. can get some uh reactions
0: to to the course in teaching and see how it's going. It'll be really interesting to see how things go by the end of the semester. Who knows? I may be canceled and fired. <laughs> you know, we don't know, but uh we'll see. We can check back. Anyway, it, it's good content for us. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a win, it's a it's a win no matter whether even if I lose. <laughs> <know. laughs> yeah All like right. It. Well, thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bye everybody.